We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Listen up, Rotor Grinders. It's the ownership report for week number nine in the National Football League. My name is Chris Cimino, projected ownership analyst for Rotor Grinders, and joining me to go over the numbers, Dan Gasper, Mr. Tuttle 05. Tuttle, we don't have half the news we need, so are we sure? We, are you sure we should even do this show right now? Should we just wait until tomorrow? Yeah, we can just wait. Um, <laughs> All right, tell, tell the producer. Let's. We're, we're going <laughs> to put it on time. No, I, I guess we have to talk about what we know right now, but there is definitely a lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, Todd, give, give me the lay of the land. What's going on with the quarterbacks? What's going on with the other injuries out there? Like, uh, how are we supposed to make heads or tails of our lineups in the building process tonight when we've got a bunch of stuff that we're probably not going to go know until at least midnight? Yeah, and, and I think the main situation you're talking about is Kyler. Um, Kyler and D-Hop. D-Hop seems more doubtful than Kyler. Um, but even Kyler, I think, seems fairly unlikely to play. I guess we'll see. Um that's the big one, but there certainly are other injury situations to monitor too. Do you have a other one on top of your head that I'm missing? Okay. So on? there's, I mean, there's a couple of things that are out there just sort of latent, you know, a lot of questionable tags, right? Like if, uh, if you want to talk about at the quarterback position, Tua is in a good spot against Houston. So depending on how that shakes out, you know, if for some reason we're looking at Jacoby Brissett, that's stupid and something we have to deal with all at the same time. Uh, you know, you've got, uh, you know, how, how are the Packers going to operate without 
Aaron Rodgers. How is that game going to operate? You know, that, that's not something we're necessarily waiting for, but it's certainly something we don't exactly know how it's going to shake out. You mentioned not only Murray, you get Colt McCoy at quarterback, but then you've got to deal with the receiver situations. No A.J. Green. Also, no DeAndre Hopkins could mean that we're talking about Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore as potential options on the cheap out there in the land. So we'll go through position by position and get a look at the projected player popularity as we currently have it. But I think a lot's going to change before lineup lock tomorrow. One thing that I don't think is going to change much at all when you start the quarterback position title, we're going to be looking at Lamar Jackson as very popular for very good reason on DraftKings. And I think that across the landscape, you're going to see him owned on most of the sites here. Uh, I think he's a fantastic play as well. I don't know how I'm going, I'm, if I make three lineups, uh, you know, to sort of the medium to high stakes, like I usually do, I don't see how I'm going to avoid Lamar Jackson and one of them talk about that. I, is he going to be into the 20% range or can I get away with stealing him somewhere 15 to 20? So he might throw and get into that 20% range. Just when you think of lineup construction, he's the easiest guy to fit on, on, uh, DraftKings by far. Uh, Josh Allen's up there, but people typically don't like to play quarterbacks when it's expected to be a blowout. Um, so that I think will shy people away from wanting to spend up on Josh Allen, uh, which makes him a, a pretty strong tournament option, but that's a different story. But yeah, I, I think jo Jackson Lamar could see his ownership pushed up. Um, the other factor going here is that Mahomes is now going to probably playing in a less competitive game kind of similar to to Josh Allen I guess um and it's just gonna be a really slow paced game too um so yeah Jackson I think is pretty easily gonna be the highest on quarterback and I, I could definitely see the 20 percent range for sure Vikings tend to facilitate bigger games from time to time not every single time they go out there on the field but if you're looking for a game that definitely has that parabolic looking upside you know if Cousins gets it going and Lamar gets it going you know they don't have you know they're they're, they're running out like the old folks home in the backfield in Baltimore these days. So it's pretty much Lamar's legs and Lamar's arm. And that just, just creates a massive, massive, massive opportunity for him to do it all by himself, or you can find correlation plays. Certainly on the other side of Minnesota, you've got some concentrated share there. Looks like a good game to attack all in all. Uh, you know, even if there's ownership attached to some of the guys in this game. Now you mentioned Josh Allen, uh, despite the high price tag, you will see ownership on him simply because of the matchup against Jacksonville. That's going to allure people for sure. Mahomes has struggled, no question about it. But, you you know, one of the things with him struggling is you're seeing the price tag drop on a few of the guys, not necessarily Tyreek Hill, but you'll see a cheaper Miko Harmon. You'll see a cheaper Travis Kelsey out there. And Mahomes is certainly someone that people haven't lost faith in entirely. He'll be owned. Okay, so after that, question marks start to fly real fast. Because you've got cheap guys that I don't know if they'll rise up in ownership enough. Jordan Love, uh, some of the guys you know that we mentioned earlier, even someone scrub a dub like Tyrod Taylor coming back at 5K. You know, I've met two percent now. Is he going to rise up? Probably not, but maybe we'll see. Who else do you think is going to be owned here on the slate? Yeah, I think um, Jordan Love is the um, most interesting for me in terms of ownership. Uh, people love. To, to to play the the low price quarterbacks that are actually going to play um at least assuming they have some sort of competency which we don't really know about love but the assumption is that he'll he'll use his legs a little bit which is another factor that people love to buy into um i mentioned it before like packers play at us at such a slow pace um i think the slowest pace in the league 
uh, bottom two, even when trailing by seven plus, like we saw what, when they played Thursday night, pulled out the win against Arizona, we saw them play super conservatively, even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And I fully expect that's the approach they will take with, with Jordan Love uh, under center as well. Um, so I, I think he'll catch ownership. I would not be surprised if he even got close to like the double digit range in ownership. Um, I don't think he's the greatest play, um, but at the same time, you could definitely see a, a lineup construction thing where all quarterbacks kind of plateau around the 25 point mark. He gets you 15 to 20 and that's enough to, to end up being optimal just because of how lineup construction works. Uh, so if I'm playing love, it's definitely more of, Hey, he makes the rest of my lineup work then. Hey, I actually like him as a play. I think a guy people would probably want to get involved with is Tua, but we've got the questionable tag with the, with an injury here. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, screwed up last week, basically for all, for lack of a better term didn't get the job done. I think that that's going to help keep his ownership in check at 6.7 versus the Chargers, who are also starting to become, uh, you know, a bit of a run funnel. I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, defense as a whole, not somebody that we're overly excited about, but just the running game seems to be a place to attack them more so than through the air this season. Although they, I did see, uh, Sam, I don't know, sorry, I didn't check the injury report, but Samuel was down last week. They, they had some injuries in the secondary, so maybe that softens it up a little bit. But Hertz is somebody definitely who's got upside if you believe that they can get it done here in this spot. Dak Prescott is probably the guy that I think has the best chance of being owned above his projection. Uh, versus Denver, not a particularly appealing matchup. What do you think of Dak here? Do you think he's going to be popular? I don't think it'll be popular. Coming off injury, um, you, you said it yourself, the matchup's not overly appealing. Uh, he's a guy that you could eye up for tournaments um, for sure. But I, I don't think he'll he'll be popular. Um, the Hertz thing you mentioned is interesting. Like you don't want him when he's playing with the lead, right? We, we, we found that out. Um, we kind of knew it. Uh, and that was kind of just reiterated last week. Uh, they are currently two point underdogs, I think. Uh, so maybe he'll get some more opportunity. Uh, you mentioned the rushing thing and that's more of just like a philosophy too, with the chargers offense really than, or defense, I should say than a personnel thing at this point. Uh, they're just inviting teams to run on them. Um, that could theoretically be good for Hertz if, he runs the ball a little bit more himself. Um, and people, again, love the rushing floor he provides. Um, so Hertz is the guy that I could see getting a little bit more ownership. I don't, I don't think Dak will be, will be uh, owned. I think probably that 5% range, which is where you have him right now. Well, other names to throw out there before we get on to the other positions. You've got, you know, Burrow, who is against Cleveland. I mean, I suppose it's, it's, it's a spot where a double stack with Burrow could, could get the job done. I think people would, tend to lean in that direction because you've got a little bit of a cheaper option with Higgins to pair up with uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, so that, that's certainly something that could, but again, he's 6.8. It's not, I wouldn't call it cheap. N not my favorite thing in the world overall, but I do, I would say that people are probably going to turn to it. some. Daniel Jones is 5.6. And then who are his wide receivers this week title? I think that's another question. Is Galladay going to get yeah. out there and run around and get exercise? And is Tony good to go? Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Dante, we, we know Dante Pettish is, is no good no more, right? Um, at least I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he's officially out. Sterling Shepard's officially out. Galladay's questionable. Uh, Tony does not have an injury designation, it looks like, even though being limited. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all about that, honestly. Daniel Jones and, and Kadarius Tony, I can, I can get behind that for sure. 
Evan Ingram, as we know, is never going to happen. So that is just <laughs> I keep I keep trying to make it happen. He got a touchdown and, last uh, last game. Uh, oh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> let's let's say this. There's plenty of cheap options to go to a tight end this week, or rather than to try to gamble on the Evan Ingram, never going to happen bandwagon. Okay, Derek Carr, five point nine surprisingly effective this year it's certainly at generating yardage but now uh tragic news out of las vegas with henry ruggs uh, no longer with the team you've got darren waller still you've got hunter renfro whom i don't believe is going to be in line for as much of a jump in targets as i seem to think a lot of other people are projecting what's going on here with Derek carr can you do can you use him i think the price tag and stack affordability is going to leave him at least four to six percent up yeah, you mentioned, and I think also um, just his, his uh, targets projecting well. You mentioned Renfro is getting kind of a hot projection in some places. I tend to agree with you. Like maybe we'll see a tiny bump, but it's not going to be like he, he doesn't see a huge role change um, with Ruggs gone. And we have to remember Ruggs was not eating a lot of targets anyway. Um, 15%. Somebody who, yeah, somebody was who was playing rugs <laughs> um, on in, in tournament lineups on a weekly basis. It, it's not like he was he was eating a bunch of targets. Um, so uh, I like Carr, I, and I think he's a, a solid play. And I do think just because like Waller w- on Fanduel specifically will be popular, uh, but even he could, he could catch him on ownership on DraftKings. I think that and by it in and of itself will increase his ownership a little bit, but also then you mentioned just the cost or the affordability of the stack. Brian Edwards is only 4,100 on DraftKings. Uh, Renfro is, is he still 48? Something like that. Um, yes. Possibly more. Yeah. 48. Um, so yeah, I like Carr, and I think he's a, he's a strong stacking candidate. Okay. So when you look at the landscape here, probably, you know, maximum two guys who are owned, enough to even care about that's my opinion on how this is going to shake out maybe we'll see a third guy sneak up to 10 percent, but i doubt it uh do you have a particular favorite of the guys outside of jackson and allen um justin herbert maybe not not to sneak up ownership wise is that what you're talking about i'm talking Um, about just just in general a guy you think could get it done with high ceiling General guy could get it done with the high ceiling. Justin Herbert for sure um, would be, and he seems like somebody we tout every week um, because it is like he he's one of the guys that does have the ceiling. Uh, he has the weaponry as well, and it's just kind of a matter of if he can get it done. And I know there's been some complaints about how the uh, offense has kind of turned into not as much downfield as we originally expected, and as we have seen at times with Mike Williams. But Herbert is like you. He, he's somebody you just have to keep in your tournament pool pretty much on a weekly basis all right let's get into the running back position i think we, we've got a, a couple of different things to talk about here uh the first thing that we need to talk about is we no longer have well first of all tennessee's not on the slate but we no longer have you know derrick henry as in the mix we might get christian mccaffrey back and when we talk about guys like henry and mccaffrey we're talking about the kind of guys who you're going to see on thrive fantasy come prop up on thrive fantasy this football season total it's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Uh, with Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on just the top tier athletes like your McCaffrey's, like your Derrick Henry's, that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is going to be assigned a value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win your share of the prize pool. Use the promo code GRINDERS and get a 100% 
instant deposit bonus up to $250, plus free entry into their featured contest. Uh, download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or the Play Store by visiting the website. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, running back position title, you know just as well as I do that this week is a little bit lackluster when it comes to this, the, the spot here. Yep. Looks like Eckler and Elliott are the guys that we're projecting right now towards the top of the ownership ranks. Is that something that you see as likely to happen? Or is there somebody else down in this pool that's going to become the absolute most owned guy? I think there is an absolute most owned guy. Um, I really don't. The Camaro ownership was interesting to me. We have um, at eight and a half, but like, he's not been that good. And you have the quarterback question marks too. So I, I understand it. Um, and I like, if he does raise an ownership, I don't think he's going to be the guy that jumps out as extreme chalk. I just think you could argue that he will settle in that 15% range. Um, but no, there's, there's, there's really is no clear standout at the running back position. Um, Gaskin was the guy that kind of is the, the low priced guy. That's probably going to catch ownership. Um, and even he, even you can argue how great of a play he is or how like, there's nothing this week. I I keep mumbling, but there's, there's nothing really that great here. Yeah. Go ahead and smash that refresh button. I I put in an update just before we got on air here to get Eckler and Elliott a little bit towards the top. All those guys you you mentioned still near the top of the list here. Cordell, Cordell Patterson is somebody that I expect to probably get a little bit of run here, but you know, it's even worse than my last update. The one that you were just looking at total. Like I, I think I, condense the ownership down more than I have in any week this season outside of Eckler and Elliott. So I think maybe Nick Chubb against Cincinnati probably ends up as somebody that people can feel pretty comfortable with. Uh, the matchup is certainly not prohibitive. And if you look what happened uh, with the Jets last week, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think anything is beyond uh, the Cincinnati defense at this point, if they're going to give up 400 to Mike White. But anyway, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, certainly with no Odell Beckham, the way that offense is going to rub, run, I do think that he'll be pretty popular. Do you, do you feel confident in this? And this is something that usually you've been touting when he's low-owned. Can you play him when he's a little bit chalkier? Um, you can. It's not the most fun spot in the world. And we saw last week kind of why. Uh, he, he, he did not get there. Um, got his touches. Uh, they did mix Dearness Johnson in a little bit more than I thought they would as a pass catching back. And that's kind of been his, his downfall uh, when we, you know, he's just not much of a pass catching back Chubb. So that certainly hurts his floor um, quite a bit, but yeah, I, he's a decent price. Um, but I, I agree with you. He's, he's more, he's one of those guys. If he's chalk, probably better just to fade him. If he's low owned, that's the time that you want to jump on him. Yeah, I've, I, I struggle with this one. I, I do think I can see it happening as far as him being somebody you need to win a tournament. But at the same time, uh, I, I do feel that Chubb's the kind of player that I would prefer to not have a bunch of uh, popularity when I go ahead and put him in my tournament lineups if I can help it. Particularly for on DraftKings where you said he's not always involved in the passing game. Gaskin is the guy who's involved in the passing game. The matchup's beautiful. The ownership's going to be pretty high on that but I, I wouldn't fault anyone for wanting to go there. Um, how about Devontae Booker against the, against the Raiders? Revenge, if you, if you will. Uh, 5.9, the price tag is not that great, but the workload is pretty much as good as you can ask for. He, he's not great as a player, but, I mean, again, do we, are we really fearful of this matchup against the Raiders? No, and, and what they don't have 
for, again, I have to look at the injury report, but like, do, do they even have an RB two this week? Uh, the giants, like he's going to get so much work. Um, and I'm Elijah Penny. Look, yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't like him. Um, and yeah, he'll be higher owned. I was looking at FanDuel real quick. He'll be a little bit higher owned on FanDuel, which I believe is what we have here. Um, I think he's a good player. I do. Um, his, so if you're like, we, I, I talked about Gaskin a little bit and we still have Gaskin projected for more ownership than Booker. And I think that's probably how it's going to go. But you look at a guy whose workload could go any which way, which is Gaskin to one that has just a very, very solid role and it's not going anywhere. That's Booker. Um, so like, yeah, give me the guy that's going to be lower owned that has the more solidified role for sure. The guy whose role has surprisingly gone somewhere a little bit is Dalvin Cook. Uh, and what I mean by that is we haven't been really able to count on pass catching from Cook this season. Uh, I mean, there's been a variety of different circumstances that have helped facilitate this, including injury. Uh, against Baltimore, one would expect that the Vikings will turn to their feature back more often this week, as maybe even in the passing game. But can we count on Dalvin Cook? He's just 7.7, good price tag for him. The ownership is not particularly high at maybe, you know, 12 to 15%, something like that. Uh, I, I think that this is an interesting spot here for Cook. Can you trust him given the reputation of the Ravens defense? Yeah, and I think the reputation um, doesn't match their actual output this season either. Um, so that, I mean, he has that going for him. The workload hasn't been as affected as I would have thought with Madison playing super well. Uh, he, Cook came back and just has dominated touches. I, I like Dalvin for tournaments for sure. Um, and I'm kind of hoping the matchup does drive his ownership down. Cause I don't think it's a, a typically imposing one. And like you said, I think the reputation uh, precedes them a little bit there. The position, position just not very exciting overall. Uh, I mean, we were already stretching pretty thin here for reasons to like Dalvin cook Kamara at 8.2. Uh, I, this, this ownership probably needs to get a little bit higher than 10% right now. I think that, just because the matchup against Atlanta isn't particularly scary should lead to people to want to go to that comfort. There's not a lot of comfortable options is the way, what I'm trying to say here, Tuttle. I think Kamar is pretty comfortable, but then of course you look at, well, we're going to be led by Simeon at quarterback. And then we've also got Taysom Hill, and Mark Ingram lurking at the goal line to try to steal some of the thunder here from Kamara. I mean, we've seen Kamara have huge touchdown games with, with guys like Taysom around. Uh, the question is, are we really going to let that affect our decision-making here and our projections, more importantly, when it comes to New Orleans against the Falcons, who otherwise are a good matchup? Um, I mean, if you don't let that, then you should at least let the role change that Kamara's seen this season <laughs> play into your projections and ownership, right? Like, he's turned into the the grinder that we don't want him to turn into him. Uh, we want him to be a pass-catching back. We want that to be his his biggest role uh that has not been the case uh he's been a guy that just is lugging around carries and now he has alvin or uh, mark ingram to compete with in that sense too uh so he went from a guy that was probably getting 90 percent of the backfield touches to a guy that's probably going to get closer to 70 percent, which is a pretty big hit when you're looking at this price point uh so yeah like i i think it's a tremendous matchup i see why people would want to play him. I would not be surprised if he gets a, has a 30 point game here, uh, but I think there are plenty of reasons to not like him in this spot too. 
it's becoming clear the elderly arm of Drew Brees noodling around throwing dump offs to Kamara was potentially aiding his fantasy production. That doesn't mean that there's not big games left in the tank here. We will definitely see them. It's just going to be a little bit harder to find confidence that it's on any particular week more so than another one when it comes to Kamara. I'm not discouraging his use whatsoever, though, because I do think that there is the upside that still exists. Okay, speaking of not excited, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, who is both questionable and now facing potential Jeff Wilson return. Uh, And, of course, Hasty is good enough that on any particular game, if Mitchell is not 100%, could steal some looks. Uh, Zach Moss also – I guess the only real question mark here with Zach Moss is the fact that he's in a split backfield. But with against Jacksonville, the spot's pretty good for him. Do any of these guys give you give you any kind of confidence here? I'll throw Chase Edmonds in there too. No, <laughs> no, no confidence at all in any of these guys. Um, so like I'll see people, and this is a weekly thing. I'll see I'll see analysts quoting or sharing Buffalo's backfield splits and workloads, and it's it changes. Um, like you can't take one week and look at it and just assume that Zach Moss is the guy it's possible. He's the guy again this week, but they changed uh, how they use the running backs so often what Moss was inactive in week one. Right. And now he's like the next week he was very heavily involved. And I don't, I don't want to say it's game plan initiated because it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like it has anything to do with game plan or opponent. It's kind of just almost like a feel thing. Uh, So I want to say Moss is a good play because the matchups there, I'll probably have some exposure to him, but I'm not going to be surprised if Singletary comes in and is the guy that leads the backfield and touches. Um, as far as these other guys kind of in the similar price range, uh, I think it's worth mentioning, and I don't think it's a big issue this week, but with Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell, we do have to um, check the actives list uh, in that game with Jeff Wilson coming back. I like if Wilson's active, I don't expect him to come in and have some sort of huge role. Um, but Mitchell's literally seen hundred percent of the, of the uh, early down work for San Francisco. So any sort of reduction in that role does, does hurt him a little bit. Um, so I, I would keep an eye out on, on inactives, which we won't know obviously before the game's locked because that's a later game. Uh, but Wilson being active would scare me a little bit with Eli Mitchell. I mean, depending on, I mean, of course, if he's healthy enough to be back, I'm expecting Shanahan to just put him back into a role that is definitely not something we want to see for fantasy. I I expect we'll see more of a split duty backfield like we used to see in San Francisco once we get more more backs in the mix here for that team. Okay, Tuttle, I'm tired of talking about running backs here. None of these guys are particularly exciting. We have to put two in the lineup. uh, And it's probably good for tournaments that we're not going to have a lot of consolidation on the ownership. But it is worth noting that the confidence level in any particular play is lower than usual, which is probably why we'll see a lot of, of, you know, three and four, I'm sorry, four wide receiver builds this week. And you could probably use a four wide receiver build when you go play in the DFS OGs league on FanDuel. Uh, You can go to the Roto-Grinders website and find a link to that particular contest. Go play against Beer Makers Fan, Head Shopper, and Notorious. Again, get to the RG homepage, rotogrinders.com. Find the link. Go play against those guys. Kick their asses. All right, let's talk about wide receiver. I mentioned Hunter Renfro before. I, I'm, even without, we, we, don't, we don't have a particularly aggressive target share projection for him. He's still coming out as chalk. Uh, depending on how much higher people want to go than the 19, 20% that we're currently projecting, 
know, you can see this projected ownership go a little bit higher. It's not that I think he's absorbent at chalk. It's just that there's really not that many other cheap places to go that we're sure of at this exact moment. So do you think Renfro is going to be one of the top four or five owned guys? And do you think that that's merited? Yes. And yes. Um, it's hard to find somewhere else to, to put that ownership uh, in his price range. Like maybe uh, Tony could get some steam a little bit. Maybe if we get confirmation overnight that DeAndre Hopkins is confirmed out, Kyler Murray is playing, then we could see some of these Arizona guys rise up maybe a tiny bit. Uh, but if we don't get that news, then I just don't know where you put it, uh, put that ownership for sure. So yeah, I, I think Renfro is a good play. I think he'll be heavily owned. Um, and I'm trying to find somewhere else to put it. Like maybe Jalen Waddle gets massively owned, but we haven't projected for 16.7% as is. And he's kind of pending some injury situations too with Tua. So um, it's a complicated situation to see. But so Renfro, yeah, uh, he, he's going to be owned. Uh, he's a very stable uh, entity that potentially lacks upside, but he'll be owned. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to dismiss the, the play altogether here. It's good, good salary saver, definitely pretty safe in terms of target share projection here. But the problem is, you know, if you're saying he's going to get more, you're really saying that he wasn't in two wide receiver sets at all before, which is not true. I looked at Sports Info Solutions and, and two wide receiver sets, he's out there for, you know, you know, probably two thirds of the amount that someone like, uh, like Henry Ruggs was. So it's, it's really not a situation where I think you can expect Renfro to just gain a bunch of snaps. He was averaging some, something around 58% of snaps before. I think you'll probably see that again. I think you'll see the target share pretty similar. I think, you know, maybe they trust Zay Jones less. Maybe that's how you're going to bump up the target share for Renfro here. But I really don't think that this is some massive change for him in his role. But I do still do think the price and target share merits some looks. Jarvis Landry. Okay, so talk about this one. We've seen him get target share way above where we're projecting him now, and he's already at 20% owned. Do you think that this is going to be a spot where we're going to see some of the upside we haven't seen in quite some sign for Landry? Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had the spot already so many times this season too, right, With where we didn't really have to worry about Odell. Um, and you could make the argument that who's ever replacing him, uh, Hollywood Higgins, is like – one for one replacement at this point at least in terms of target share and uh projecting that um so like I, I don't know if i see massive upside with landry i think he's a solid play uh but it, again this is a team that wants to run the ball early and often as much as they can uh and if they are able to do that then we're not going to see a very good game out of landry um he's he's one of those more he, i mean he's he's very similar to renfro um just a very fine stable option um that probably lacks a little bit of upside i, I think just because of the offense he's in but he's a good play yeah and that and the ownership's going to be there for both of these guys just simply because of their roster construction benefits you know it's, it's easy to get their uh median projection wise to get them into an optimizer's uh viewpoint of a good lineup and then you're also going to look at the relative floor of these guys on a ppr site like drafting and say yep we can go ahead and and feel confident that there's going to be a floor here too. So the question is those ceilings. And I think that's really where you have a decision point in your tournaments. No questions about the ceiling of Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Both these guys are going to be popular at the high end of the pricing tier Tuttle, Do you have a particular favorite between these two guys, uh, both 
in matchups that I would consider at the very least uh, beatable. And with, in the case of Jacksonville, just one of the best you can find. Yeah. Um, I do think Tyreek will probably come out the higher owned option, uh, even though you do have some concerns, at least with pace of game. I mean, he's coming up a massive target game. His price tag decreased. He's, he's too cheap for what he is. So I, I do think Tyreek is probably going to come out as the higher owned option here on DraftKings. Um, and Diggs hasn't really shown, you know, I'm still kind of used to to the last season digs, and I, I like that that version of Stefan Diggs better. Uh, but he hasn't shown uh, like a consistency or upside yet this year, which is kind of why I like this matchup because um, I'm kind of into the to the theories of if you're playing a team that's absolutely terrible and you can do anything you want against them, it's a good time to feed your stars and kind of get the confidence back up. Um, so I, I like both. I, I think Hill's going to be the higher owned option. Uh, but I think these two guys both have tremendous ceilings and I like the idea of playing them both if, if you can, um, which I'm not sure is going to be the typical line of construction. So that, I guess that's one way you could potentially get different is by jamming both those guys in there despite their higher price tags. Yeah, it, it is for sure going to be uh, two of the most popular ways to find like the, you know, the mega upside wide receiver ceilings. Uh, the cheaper ways or say the mid-tier ways that you're going to see outside of the first two guys we mentioned are Amari Cooper, uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, and then I have a question mark about T. Higgins. Is, is, are we going to see Higgins up here in the same tier as these other guys, the way that it's projected now? Or are people just going to continue to look in another direction when it comes to the 5 to 6K price range? I think probably another direction. Uh, he's a guy that models love um, across the board and kind of comes in lower owned than what the models say they will. Um, and that's kind of a weekly thing with him. And I don't think that's going to, going to differ this week. Um, I mentioned like Kadarius Tony could see a spike uh, increase in ownership around his price range. Um, Devonte Smith, another guy, even though he much tougher matchup uh, coming off a terrible week, but he could soak up some of that ownership as well. So I think T is, is likely to drop, I guess, a little bit from the projected ownership that we got here. Feel good about Cooper. I mean, Cooper, I mean, Cooper technically almost falls in that same category, like because he keeps getting priced so cheaply, like his ownership just keeps rocketing up here. And it's not quite where we, where we see the ownership every single week, but do you believe that Cooper against Denver is still going to merit the ownership here? Or is this another guy that we could start to start flipping out for some of the guys you just mentioned? Cooper, if Cooper's chalk, let me let me go the other way. Um, that's pretty much always my take with him. The thing with him is too, like, often injured. Uh, he he had to leave for a few plays at the end of last week as well uh, before he caught his touchdown. And I kind of jokingly said this to Davis Maddock on on Twitter, and but it's it's also kind of true. He's now getting a quarterback that doesn't throw him the ball, uh, that values Dalton Schultz more than than Amari Cooper, at least to this point in the season. Uh, is that possible to change? Certainly, um, certainly possible to change, but the target share has not been there uh, with Dak under center. So if Mari is projecting his chalk, and I think he will be chalk, especially if we see CD Lamb out, um, which is, I think, believe CD is currently questionable. Uh, if CD is out, Amari's ownership, I think, is going to rise. And as weird as this sounds, I might like Amari less <laughs> in that scenario. Uh, just both due to projected ownership increasing in that spot 
And also, I think you would draw, draw the tougher cornerback matchup, which I know we don't care a whole lot about, but Zero. it is easier for a defense to focus on a receiver when the other star receivers out, that's for sure. Denver might be the one spot where you look at their secondary as a whole yeah. and say, well, okay, maybe this is a tougher spot, but uh, you know, we're not looking at individual defenders anymore. Tuttle, uh, what year is it? Okay, hey, Miko Hardman, talk, let's talk about this guy. So he's 3.9. I mean, look, the, the Chiefs haven't been getting it done, and I can understand why the price tag is going down. So is the ownership going to follow this? Because we're at like 13% now. I would really love him to be low-owned at 3. Point, I mean, it's not going to happen at 3.9, but this is definitely a situation where one of these games is is going to come for him. Like, like Mahomes cannot continue to play like this. I don't. I don't think, in other words, I don't think Mahomes is the problem. There's been a lot of bad luck happening in some of these games. Some of the pace concerns, like we saw last week, have gotten in the way of big scoring production for Kansas City. Is it Hardman week? Um, he won't go low on, like you said. He won't be massive chalk, though, either. Um, that's not going to happen. So the thing is, if you look, like, he got the touches and he got the targets last week. The thing is, if you looked at, like, if you watched the game at all or then looked at the snap rates after, uh, his snap rate decreased. It was a it was a huge, huge cluster after Tyreek and after Kelsey, um, which has typically kind of been the case with Kansas City. Those are the two guys you can trust on a weekly basis. Mikul um, had kind of carved his out his rule out as kind of the third guy, um, and I, I would still project him as the third guy in terms of target share. Uh, but if you like, if they're going to mix in Josh Gordon, who who has looked just completely washed. But if Josh Gordon gets 40% snap rate again this week, that's definitely not a good thing for me. Whole hard man. Cause they're still mixing into Marcus Robinson. I think Byron Pringle saw his, the most snaps he's seen last week that he has all season. That's not a good thing for me. Cole Hardman. Um, so he's, he's always kind of just like a big play guy. And if he, if he hits one, you're, you're really excited, uh, but it's tough to envision him getting a ton of volume in this spot. The, the yards per route run not looking strong here this season for a guy like Hardman. There's a couple of reasons you just mentioned where, you know, that that is no guarantee to go up. But I do still think that there's one there's at least one big game in the bag for him this season. Uh, this week may or may not be that particular opportunity. Jamar Chase has had plenty of those big weeks this season, checking in around 12 percent right now. Uh, any other big names? That as you scroll down between you know eight and twelve percent that you think are just a, a sort of lying in wait for the for the monster for the 30 35 point spot uh you know marquise brown t- tell us who it is Tuttle. is there anyone down here that you feel particularly confident in could jump up above their ownership marquise brown is uh, i mean you mentioned it that that's the spot or that's the guy for me that could increase in ownership he's been honestly good this year and consistent way more consistent than what we grew used to last season uh, so Marquise Brown, I think, and then uh, I keep mentioning Kadarius Tony, but him for sure as well. Um, just with all the absence and targets they have with New York, like there's no, they have to throw it to somebody. Um, and I know the kind of the the uh, the draft Twitter was against the Giants taking drafting him this season. I don't not defending the draft pick, but he's looked good. <laughs> um, he, he's looked good. Uh, so Tony would be the other guy that I could see increasing ownership wise. He certainly was was flashing the ability that we we would like to see out of a guy like this you know if, if you do give him a lot of target volume you know 10 for for 189 is nothing to laugh at you know dallas isn't a tremendous defense but this is the nfl and if he's going to be given a lot of opportunity 
forget whether or not he can get 189 yards on it. You know, you show me 13 targets and I'll show you a guy at 5.2 that I'm interested in regardless of ownership. And I don't think the ownership, unless I'm missing something, is going to get absorbently high on him. All right. We, we could continue to spin our wheels with more options here, but I think we've named the guys that we, that should be the highest owned. Uh, unless you think I'm missing somebody, is there, is that, you know, you met, I, I asked about Marquise Brown. You think he could maybe get up a little bit higher. You mentioned Devonte Smith. Maybe he could get up a little bit higher. Is there anyone who's just in like no man's land right now that really should be considered the chalk this week, or do I have it pegged pretty good? Not considered the chalk. Um, but Brian Edwards would be a guy that I could see. Oof. We, we, we mentioned the Renfro projection. Uh, pretty similar spot, honestly, in terms of if you think Ruggs' absence means anything, uh, Edwards is 4,100. Uh, I'm not saying I like the play personally, uh, but I, I could see the reasoning for it, and I could see him. Like We, we, we did mention, what, it's Nicole Hardman under 5K, and that's about it, um, other than Renfro again as well so Hardman Renfro and then Edwards would probably be the next highest own low price guy uh, so just because of that I could see him getting ownership probably worth mentioning I guess Rondell Moore if there was no DeAndre Hopkins and for some reason Kyler was in there I think you could probably feel pretty good about him I think he's like 4.5 so that's that's a guy who would definitely start to get a little bit of ownership if that were the case okay Tuttle RG premium where you can find our ownership projections uh, as well as a ton of other content from a lot of uh, the most intriguing minds in the game. Uh, they are currently projecting Albert O uh, at the top of ownership right now. Now, Okui Boonham, I believe is the way you say this name, Tuttle. Uh, if I subscribe to Rotogrinders Premium today, is this prediction of him being the highest owned tight end going to come to fruition or is this questionable tag going to start to drive this tag down? Well, I think personally that my first take was it wasn't going to be the stone chalk, but the more I hear people talk about it, the more I think people are just, they're just going to feel confident about it against Dallas and they're going to go ahead and plug him in there at the 2.6 price. What do you think? Yeah. Um, people love super cheap tight ends and rightfully so. It's just like why typically pay up at this position. So yeah, I, I agree. He'll be chalk. Um, 24% chalk? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, if he, I'll tell you what. If, if he is, then you probably don't want to play him at 24% chalk uh, and try to look into little different lineup construction methods. Um, but, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be highest owned on DraftKings. Well, yeah, the thing is, 2.6 cannot be – it cannot be overstated, like how much value that provides a DraftKings lineup. Yeah. Like, it, especially if you're going to project them for nine fantasy points, which we currently do, but they don't have Noah Fant this week. And the Dallas defense is certainly not going to put the fear of God in us as far as a matchup is concerned. So even with Teddy Bridgewater being not necessarily the type of quarterback that, you know, we're expecting to just drive skill players through the roof in terms of their production, I think we can certainly get enough production from a 2.6 guy without the primary option who's already proven the ability to get the job done and from a fantasy standpoint uh, from time to time in his brief career. So I do think that there's going to be lots of ownership. You, like you said, is it going to be 25%? Well, that remains to be seen. That's just what sort of the numbers are pointing to. If you just let, uh, you know, models uh, try to decide what a guy's ownership is going to be. But when you start to get the buttons pressed, maybe you start to see more 
Dallas Goddard, who we have repressed probably more than most. Maybe I need to up this ownership on a, as a result of that, because we think that um, we think they're going to activate Tyree Jackson. And I think if they activate Tyree Jackson, he's going to have like most of Zach Ertz's role. And that, that will probably have some impact on Dallas Goddard. That, that's, that's probably not a popular opinion title. Is, is this insane? Or should we just be getting Goddard's ownership back into double digits where it was? Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure other people see it this way. Yeah, I think you really like Tyree Jackson because of preseason. I, but I, I'm not the one who likes him. They're the one. The, the Philadelphia is the one that says they like him. I don't, he was a quarterback. He was in like the XFL title. I, what, what, do I, what do I know about Tyree Jackson? I'm listening to what Philadelphia is saying. Yeah, um, I don't think it matters all that much, at least for the general public in terms of ownership projections. Uh, so Goddard... I'm trying to see where I would put him on this list. Maybe he, he probably hits double digits, I guess, um, and then, which would make you shuffle some other things around uh, just because he's not the same price range as some of the other guys that we'd probably take ownership from. Um, but yeah, he'll probably, he'll hit double digits, I would think. Yeah, Kaseki's in this price range. George Kittle's in this price range. Dalton Schultz in that price range. And then I guess if you wanted to make a little bit of a stretch, you could consider Andrews as a higher price tight end. But I don't think that I don't think the ownership's going to come from him. I think he'll be pretty popular. I think Darren Waller will be popular as well without rugs in there. Not that that's adding too much to his target share, but I do think that you know he's the high price uh, option du jour for week number nine. Who else is going to be popular? It's not going to be Travis Kelsey. I'll tell you that. No, which means you should probably play him because he's not going to be popular, and Tyreek is. Um... So that should tell you something. I've, and this is probably the lowest you have been able to get um, Tyreek and Kelsey stacks in a long time, just FYI. Uh, so throwing that out there, because that seems like it is a thing that has been good in the past is playing those guys. Um, yeah, but I agree. Kelsey's not going to be overly popular. Uh, I, got, I got nothing in terms of who's going to shoot up ownership wise. Um, I really don't Dan have Arnold. anything here. Yeah, Dan, like Dan he, Arnold week was last week. Except he, I did the whole Dan Arnold fade, um, not in cash, but in some tournament lineups. And I will tell you, first half I was feeling well, I was feeling good. Second half, not not so good. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not necessarily as excited about Dan Arnold against Buffalo this week, but he has 3.4 still, so not an option. I'm going to totally dissuade anyone from going to take a look at here, especially since the ownership will be considerably lower on this week uh like and subscribe to the rg podcast feed uh go ahead and check out some of the shows that are out there coming up uh tomorrow you're going to see a bunch of shows on both the youtube channel and the podcast channel leading up to lock i think you're definitely going to want to check those out like and subscribe immediately do it now okay let's get into the defense where we are going to find the kansas city chiefs surprisingly towards the top here but it's because of the price tag right that that drives everything on on dk on dk defense is that price tag did you notice that both DraftKings lowered their price of their top defenses and fanduel raised them after we complained about it last week yeah they were listening to our show no they definitely were not i think probably lots of other people shared our opinion is really what happened there but i find it coincidental uh that we're that we we can create an illusion of ourselves moving the needle total even though like you know definitely not the case the Dolphins are moving the needle for me right now against Houston. Although Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's, he's no Davis Mills. Should the Dolphins be popular? 
Um, I think you, you hit it right there. Davis Mills is no longer, uh, which is huge uh, to how a defense is. Like he, he's, he's a guy that's going to take sacks, um, be risky, make turnovers. Tyrod's kind of the opposite. He's, he's kind of a game manager. Doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot of sacks, very mobile quarterback, uh, typically pretty good with protecting the ball as well. Um, and then the other thing that would go against Miami is if Tua is out, right, then we're looking at Jacoby and Houston's probably going to get the ball in better field possession position. I can't tell you how tilting that is when you take a defense and the other, other team just keeps giving the ball, the ball at the 50 yard line over and over again. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't like dolphins that much this week. Uh, I like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think da- hopefully no Davis Mills does drive that ownership down a little bit. So the rest of the ownership, I do not expect to get excessive on any of these teams. If it is, it's going to become as just a little bit of a surprise to me because I don't really find another standout option relative to price in the field. I mean, obviously Buffalo against Jacksonville would be a standout if they weren't 4K. Uh, but, I, you know, other than that, can you, can you give me the defense elsewhere in this field that really pops to you as someone who's going to gain a lot of traction popularity-wise? Um, no. Panthers maybe would be like the other low price D that, that gets some ownership. Um, but no, Not, other than that. No. Yeah. 2.6 is definitely a good price tag for them, but I don't know if I really truly believe that Mac Jones is a turnover machine. Uh, at least, at least not to the degree where I would be like ultra pumped about it, but 2.6 is a nice price. You got that right. So that's why the ownership here at 6.6 is towards the top of this list. All right, Tuttle, let's get into the low owned options. Who do you have a quarterback this week? Who, Who's a guy that you think if you're going to play in a, in a millionaire maker style contest or the slant or something with a lot of people, you know, we, we love these guys at the top here in, you know, in most formats, but do we like anybody under 5% even at the quarterback position that we think could have a 25 plus point game? Uh, yeah, we talked about him a little bit already. Derek Carr would be that guy for me. Um He's the guy that's the lower price. And then Justin Herbert, again, is somebody we talk about all the time. Um, not to keep going back to the same guys over and over again, but that really is it. Um, I guess the, the semi-interesting thing, I don't know how how interesting, but like PJ Walker, maybe if Sam Darnold is a no-go, which kind of sounds like it. It sounds like from the last tweet I saw and you might be more up to date was that Darnold's probably going to be active, but more as an emergency because his shoulder is almost more of a worry at this point than the concussion. Um, it's like maybe PJ Walker gambles, PJ Walker, DJ Moore gambles, because I, I don't think Walker is really much of a downgrade if at all from Darnold. And we've, we've seen Darnold put up some decent numbers in this, this offense at times. So like maybe there's a, there's a, a feisty tout for you would be PJ Walker, but yeah, that, that's aggressive. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Like we're, we're hitting a lot of XFL guys on this show today, Tuttle. Uh, I can't say that I love uh, PJ Walker, although the price you mentioned, you know, price tag wise, that that can do a little bit for you. Um, Walker, I, I, Walker versus Jordan Love at ten percent ownership. If you think Love gets to ten percent ownership, I mean, I'd probably take Walker, but it's it's not like because I love it. You know, I, I wouldn't. I would say that. Most of the guys that, I, that I'm looking at are towards the top of the list here on this week. But if I wanted to try to make, you know, use my imagination, like to where, you know, where's there a four, a four touchdown performance waiting in the wings, 
it's if this Baltimore and Minnesota game gets out of control, I'm almost for sure going to have Lamar in that situation. But if I wanted to get the other side of it in a, in a massive tournament and, and hope for the best, Kirk Cousins could be a player who has predictable target options and could have, you know, a, a really big game as, he, as he's done in the past. It's not, it's not something I would prefer to do on the road here, but I just wanted to, you know, list out somebody who has, you know, the kind of upside at low ownership. I'm definitely not going to do it. I'm going to stick more towards this top range this week. Who do you got running back? So before I go to running back, I just had just this massive galaxy brain thought. What if, it's a huge what if, what if PJ Walker unlocks Robbie Anderson? This is the Robbie (laughs) Anderson week with PJ Walker under center. What if that happened? Everything would explode. Things would go wild. I am definitely throwing a lineup like that into the Millie Maker just because I have to at this point. Um, but anyways, if you, yes, if, if you make the top, if you make the top 10 with that lineup, I will take a piece of this hat and eat it next week <laughs> on the show. Um, well, you know who you can bring it back with too. Sure. Sure. Your favorite, one of your favorite but players. Tell the people. Nelson Aguilar. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That, that, I'll, I'll eat an even bigger piece of the hat if that is the actual combination that gets it done. Uh, oh my God. Let's get into your Walker, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar. Look at that team. All right. That is, um, that is definitely the worst thing that's ever been said on DFS show ever. Okay, let's get into the running back position. Uh, it's ugly, and because we have very suppressed ownership, it's hard to find a low-end guy that is under 5% that's actually going to have any sort of role. Um, that could... Look, I'm not going to say Christian Christian McCaffrey because he, he's probably going to be limited in this matchup here. But I will say Aaron Jones, right? What's Aaron yeah, Jones? That, that was the guy I had written down. Yeah, let's just agree on this one and, and move on. If you're talking about uh, – I was talking about it in Chatter earlier this week. Like Devontae Adams' 35% unicorn target share is almost directly the result of like a, a unique and elite chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. That cannot happen. It, maybe it could happen. Maybe they, maybe they try to force feed him 35% but I really don't believe it at all. And I don't think that these other wide receivers are going to be able to earn enough targets. And I do think that's going to create opportunities for Aaron Jones in the passing game to get just a couple of extra targets. I, I mean, you know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a stretch in terms of actually baking it into a projection, but in terms of a tournament, I think that that's something you could lean on as a reason to like a guy even more, especially if you're making stacks of this game. But even if you're not, I do think Aaron Jones is a play that's not going to be high enough owned compared to his potential change in role. Anybody else here running back? Uh, I just wanted uh, the the guy I had before I refreshed, who was a little bit lower, was highlighting Dalvin Cook, who we talked about. We talked a little bit about Zach Moss, but again, all these guys are kind of eating at least some sort of ownership. Uh, Javante Williams, like maybe this is the week that a Denver running back, like they've actually been decent. But again, if you if you just gave the split workload to one guy, these guys would be amazing plays. Uh, it's not going to happen unless there's an injury and there's no indication that there's going to happen unless there's an, an injury. Um, but Javante Williams, maybe like if you're looking for guys under 5k that I would actually play that are then of also under 5% ownership, it would be Javante, I guess. Yeah. Not a lot to, to work with here. Uh, especially as the weeks get a little bit shorter, like they are with these bye weeks just not quite as many places to turn at the really low rungs of ownership. How about at the, at the wide receiver position, the exception to that is almost always here at this spot. And I think this is probably the place to do it again this week. Give me your favorite under 8%. 
I mean, other than Robbie Anderson and, and Nelson Aguilar. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the Bronco wide receivers for sure here, right? If we think Akua Boonum is going to be as heavily owned as he is. Uh, Jerry Judy, we have projected for 5.6% ownership. Cortland Sutton, I believe, is below that because he's got the higher price tag of the two. Um, 4.7 per, like, these guys are decent. Like, they're not bad options. They really aren't. Um, Denver's very conservative, which is the biggest issue is if they just grind the clock. Uh, and now that there's targets to spread between the two, that both, both Judy and Sutton are finally healthy, like, that definitely hurts because they cannibalize each other a little bit. Um, but I would not be surprised if one of them popped off. And I do like the, those guys. Um, CD Lamb would be the other guy if he's active. Uh, we have him about 6% ownership, but especially if Amari is going to be chalked, very, very strong leverage play there. And then Brian Edwards was the other guy. Again, I don't, I don't love it as a play, uh, but if you think Renfro is going to be high owned, if you think Waller is going to be high owned, uh, Edwards is potentially look, worth looking into at lower ownership. No one's playing Jeff, Justin Jefferson again this week. So go ahead and dial him up if you're looking for uh, some action there in that Minnesota game. And p- people still don't like playing Adam Thielen too. Well, both of those guys just could absolutely get to, to the place where you need them to get 25 plus to win a daily fantasy tournament. Okay, let's get into the tight end position. Uh, lots of good options here this week. So I think that's going to mean lots of guys who are a little bit lower owned than we might normally expect for the quality of their plays. Do you have a particular favorite here at this spot? Uh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, he's going to get some ownership, uh, but probably not as much. Like, he's coming off a primetime game where he's looked at, he just looked terrible, like beyond terrible. Words cannot describe how bad he looked. Um, I was t- tilted tweeting about him. Uh, he has not looked great the bat- past few games, really. But, you know, prior to last week, you're looking at double digit targets in three straight games. Uh, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of targets at this position. Uh, so Kelsey would be the guy that has tremendous upside. Uh, and it's really a good spot if, if you're using him over Tyree Kill to his leverage. Since the Falcons offense stinks, I'm not going to say Kyle Pitts, but I'm going to close the show out with a potentially sharp take. How about Dalton Schultz? No Blake Jarwin out there. And now we've got a situation where, you know, maybe the cornerbacks, sit, you know, situation being one of the very few we should even care about in the league. Uh, with how good that secondary is for Denver. Maybe that means that Dak's got to go to the middle of the field just a little bit more uh, in, in between the 20s for Dalton Schultz. And, of course, he's always a threat in the red zone. Uh, at the star, not too bad if you want to get very different for a guy who could get into the you know, 15 to 25 fantasy point range, as he's done a couple times this year already. Tuttle, that's going to do it for the ownership report in week number nine. Best of luck in all of your contests and to everyone out there watching. For RotoGrinders.com, I'm Chris Tremino. We'll be back again. Week 10, go win something. Mm-hmm.